big last three-day weekend of the year, I guess. But the other day I was cutting grass, I think it was yesterday, and it, actually it seemed like I was just blowing dust instead of really cutting grass. And, and I was thinking, man, Lord, it's been a while since it rained. Like, we need to have another fair in order to have rain. It seemed like that's what, what happens. But it gets dry so fast because the fair was not that long ago. I mean, it gets dry quickly. And a lot of the grass that I have in certain areas, there's different types of grass, and it's already history. It's already dead and gone. And so I was thinking about tonight's service. And I was thinking, Lord, we need rain. And I know that you know what I mean. We need spiritual rain, Lord. I'm dry and I'm thirsty. And if you come back tonight, we're going to call upon God for that rain. Listen, and don't come back religiously. Come back expecting. Okay? Come back expecting. Lord, we need rain. Rain. We're going to call on our Heavenly Father for rain. Okay, but this morning, I have a video clip for you that we're going to play here right off the bat. And when I saw this clip, it was sent to me. When I saw it, I thought, man, God, you are not mocked. You are not. Um, People think we can do whatever we want to do, and God is way up there somewhere. And sometimes we think like he doesn't know what we're doing or what we're into. But God is in your grill, as some of the kids say. He's in your business. Every aspect of it, every part of it. A few weeks ago, a denomination, Lutheran Church, decided to have a vote on whether they would permit actively practicing homosexuals uh, to be preachers behind the pulpit. And they passed it. And it happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And they actually took the vote at 2 p.m. that day, okay, 2 p.m. that day, the video will tell you the rest.
I think God doesn't know what's going on. The tornado that the weathermen had no idea that was coming goes down the highway right into downtown Minneapolis where they're having the vote and hits the church that they're having the vote at. Now, if you want to practice sin, you'll fluff that off somehow. God is not mocked. That looked like the finger of God to me, that tornado. You better watch there's not a tornado coming for you. God's not mocked. He isn't. Okay, thank you for that. Here's our opening text, 1 John 5. One John chapter five. We're probably going to read the three verses, starting with verse eighteen. These verses are just packed with wonderful stuff. A lot of times, when we are in Christianity and attempting to serve God, somehow we get this—I don't know what—we get this mentality that God does everything. He can do everything. He did do everything. He accomplished everything. He is everything, but you understand, He expects stuff from you. He does. When He told Noah to build the ark, He didn't blink it into it. Noah had to go build the ark. He had to go cut the trees down and do all that stuff, make this ark that God told him to do. So there is things that God, He has done for us. He has freely done for us. It has been paved. Your salvation has been paid. All that kind of stuff. But God expects you to do stuff. And we look at it here in the opening text. It says that we know that. Now, this phrase, those three words are going to come over and over and over in these scriptures. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. There's the part you have to do. And the wicked one toucheth him not, the Bible says. 19, look at 19. It says, and we know that. That we are of God. Look at this next word. And the whole world lies in wickedness. The entire world. All that's in the world for you is wicked. All those worldly lusts and that alluring that we want to go back to the world or dabble into the world. And the Scripture says that you know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Worldliness is damnable. And that's what the Word of God tells us. 20 says, and we know that, that the Son of God is come, listen, and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal God. And this is a power-packed three verses in the Word of God. And all through it, God says, you know this. And God commands you through these three verses to keep yourself. Keep yourself. If those people who were instrumental in that vote kept themselves, I believe that tornado would not have been sent by God. Do you understand? There is a part that you must do.
in this what we call the kingdom of God, the Word of God. Now listen, if you do have open ears and a willing heart, then those F5s that are following you around by the hand of God will just disappear. They will. All you've got to do is be obedient to the Word of God. Now listen, when it says, we know that whosoever born of God sinneth not. Now we can get tripped up on that. That word sinneth not means practicing sin. You go throughout your day and be in love with God and something happens and, I don't know, you just go off and you, you sin. You do something. That's, that's in us. That's that fallen carnal nature. But he's talking there that those who practice sin, you know it's sin. You've been told it's sin. God dealt with your sin, but you're still sinning. You're practicing sin. And God says, we know that whosoever is born of God doesn't do that anymore. You might wrestle sometimes with it. It tries to come back, breaks your heart. You repent. We're not talking about those people. We're talking about those who just continue practicing sin. That's the way it is. That's what I'm going to do. Tough. Okay? So that's what that means there. Those who, that, that sinneth not means that you do not practice sin. And God says, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. That means that the wicked one cannot fasten himself to you, cannot cling to you, adhere to you. He cannot when you're obedient to Almighty God. He just can't. He might harass you, bug you, but he cannot cling to you, is what the Word of God says. So John is clearly telling us that the wicked one cannot attach himself to those of you who are really, truly born of him. Okay? This is what the Word of God says. Let it be true in every man a... Okay, verse 19 says, And we know that we are of God, and that the whole world, the whole system, everything in the world lies in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come, and this, this is so cool, He has given you an understanding. You are not going to be able to stand before Almighty God like you try to do the state trooper and say, oh, I didn't know, it was 50, I didn't know. You're not going to be able to do that to Almighty God. He has given you an understanding that we may know Him that is true. There are a lot of false ones, but God has given you an understanding, an anointing, the Spirit of God inside of you that you may know what uh, Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even His Son, Jesus Christ. He goes on and even names it. So that has been given by under God. This understanding must be given. There's no one who has come to Christ and their own understanding. There is no one who has looked at their life, the cesspool of life, whether you live in the best house or the least, and said, you know what? My life stinks. I'm going to go hunt down God. There is no one that has done that. Absolutely no one. We cannot attain this on our own. If God did not reveal Himself to us, we would never find Him. Some of you think, God don't speak to me, and I don't really know what God Then how'd you get here? It's the Spirit of God that draws you. God draws you to This is just not you being cool and spiritual and great and good. You can't. You cannot. Unless the Spirit of God reveals this to you, then you can start coming. Then you can start being stirred. Then you can start wanting to know righteousness because He, from His mercy, has revealed Himself to you. 
And somewhere along the way, you said, yes, Lord, God is attempting to put us in our right mind, keep us on the rock, take us from the miry clay, and help to walk and serve God. All because God is drawing you by the Spirit of God. Not anybody's doing that on his own. Nobody. Okay? I don't think you should have a whole lot of problem with that. So this work of Jesus in us gives us this understanding and the ability to know him. To know him. Spirit of God. All right. So the scripture says, And we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, or doesn't practice sin, but that he is begotten of God, keepeth himself. Keepeth himself. God is going to test your mettle in areas of life. And God is going to see if you will keep yourself. If you will trust Him by faith and believe in Him. That He has the ability to carry you through any circumstance or any situation. Even if you have no strength, you're trusting Him, you will keep yourself. It's the grace of God. The grace. Now listen to this. The grace of God. It's God's divine power that moves upon your heart and in your life. That you'll be able to do what He wants you to do. It's God's grace. It's God's grace so you can say, No! It's God's grace when the enemy comes with a plate of sin and you can push away from the table of the world. No! No matter how good and how luscious and how wonderful that your flesh craves for it, it's God's divine power to move upon your life and reflect it in your walk with God so you can say no to it. God says, keep yourself. Don't mix this up with your own ability. You have none. Don't mix this up with your own tenacity. You have none. Willpower. You have none. But God tells us, keep yourself. Just like He told Noah, build an ark. Noah didn't lay in his hammock going, I wonder when God's going to do it. God just comes, grabs the hammock, throws him out. Build the ark! So you go and build the ark. That word keepeth himself. This is what you must do in this world. Simply means to attend to carefully your life. To attend to carefully. Take care of. To guard. You don't dabble into things. As soon as you're into something, anything, whatever it is, you can feel the Spirit of God. You can feel the Spirit of God telling you, ah, ah, ah. Back off, back off. Uh uh-uh. uh. Stop that. Bad, bad. Warning, warning. That's what, I mean, that's what God does that. No, what we do is we just code it over so that we can do the bad. Me and I had a little saying on Facebook, but I can't remember what it was. It had to do when we want to sin, we want to sin, we start justifying the sin, and then we boast about the sin. Stuff that Bruce could say, absolutely not. Until he gives in to it, then he starts going, well, 
And then later down in life, he'll boast about it. That's what happens to us when we don't keep ourselves lined up with the word of Almighty God. Deuteronomy 4 tells us this, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so. Not just look at them, not make bumper stickers out of them, magnets and put them on your refrigerator. God says that you do this, do this, that you do so in the land whether you go to possess it. And then verse 6 tells us, keep therefore and do them. Don't just look at them. Just don't memorize them. Don't make a little promise box out of them. And you pull them out and say, I agree. God says, therefore, do them. Keep them. And when you do them and keep them, the rest of this verse is for you. For then it goes, for this is your wisdom and your understanding. What is? Look, doing this. Not just reading it, but actually doing it. When God says, stop, you stop. When God says, turn around, you turn around. You don't know where you're walking. God says, stop, turn around. This is your wisdom and your understanding. This is, not this. And we go, no, sir, I can just do what I want. Crash, life ruin, you got didn't hurt. And you go up doing your thing. This is where you get your wisdom and understanding. That's why God says, keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding. Listen, in the sight of nations, which shall hear all, uh, all these statutes and, sh- and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Why? Because all you're doing is obeying the Word of God. That's all you're doing. Man, I'm going to start digging up this old message I preached. I have discovered a fifth gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Discovered a fifth gospel. Lock the door, Brian, because this is not heresy. Who remembers that message? Okay, very little. Cool. What is that fifth gospel? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and according to Lenny. That's what we have. We have a fifth gospel. We, we want a gospel according to us, of what we think. And God is saying, no, no, do you understand? Your, your wisdom and your understanding comes from this. And this, this will be the greatest testimony to all the other nations. That's what our nation did in its beginning days. It lived according to the Word of God. That's what exalted us so much. And that's now why we're spiraling down now, because we've thrown all this aside. Same thing happened to you individually, happened to a denomination, and happened to a nation. It's no different. God's got plenty of big tornadoes to take care of us. That verse 6, keep therefore and do them. New King James therefore says, therefore be careful to observe them. For this is your wisdom. Careful, careful. This is your wisdom. Directions. Ain't a man around here that probably runs to the directions as soon as they open something. Even people that can't build don't look at directions. Lay it out there, put this pin there, put that there, and 
39 pieces left over and your things like this. You think, I ought to look at the directions. That's the way we are, whether we're driving, building something, or someone telling you how to live. Hey, hey. God's saying, careful. Be careful. Verse 7 says, For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them? What an awesome statement that is. And you walk around and I walk around thinking God's so far from us. The only reason why He would be far from us is because when God said, Left! You went right. When God said, slow down, you, you're doing the opposite of God, what He tells you to do. And then somewhere out here in the spiritual boondocks, you're going, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? He don't ever speak to me. me, me. We're commanded by God to keep yourselves. says, what nation is so great who hath God so nigh to them as the Lord our God, listen, is in all things that I will call upon him for. In all things. There's nothing. Nothing. You can't. Don't give me. I still hear this gospel. I hear this yeah, but gospel all the time. You take your circumstances and you elevate them over the word of God when you say, yeah, but. When God just lays it out there, puts it in your lap in book form, and says, our God is in all things, and you're thinking of your thing, and you're ready to go, "Uh, yeah, but, as if God never heard of your problem or your situation. That's, That's what we do. That's not walking by faith. That's walking by circumstances and feelings. Verse 8 says, And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments so righteous? What an awesome saying. That's this. God looks at this and says, These are so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day. And verse 9 says, Only take heed. Only take heed to yourself. When you start wanting to justify, you'll moan about Bruce, you'll moan about Kyle, you'll moan about John, you'll moan about Kim, you'll moan about, you'll moan about, you'll moan about... And you're in the justify mode. Take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently. Listen, lest thou forget, and we do forget, the things which thy eyes have seen. Here's the biggie. Unless they depart, unless they depart from thy heart. Something is attempting to get you to love that more than God. And he's got your heart. There is protection as long as we stay under the blood of Almighty God. Under the blood. Exodus 12 tells us, For I will pass through the land of Egypt, he says, this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. Both man and beast, and against all gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you while I smite the land of Egypt. Which father do you want? The one that intellectually looks at that? One who takes that in as knowledge and wisdom? 
Wow, God's going to do something. Or the one who's moved by faith, fear, trembling. I've got to do something. I've got to get that lamb, spotless lamb, i got to sacrifice, get the blood. What else did God say? Put it on the door. What else? Somebody that does something, keeps himself. Or the one that goes, Amen. Hallelujah. What father do you want? Because God was giving them instructions to do something. It's not an intellectual agreement that you have with God that talks about His blood. That's not enough. They actually had to do what God said. And that's what you have to do. It's not just this intellectual agreement or just sitting in this church or or hearing it from me. You actually have to do something. God says, Chris, keep yourself. He has to do something. For Israel to be spared the judgment on the firstborn, they had to apply the blood. You know the story probably. Just as God said they should, the blood of the Lamb was essential. They couldn't get a turkey. They couldn't get a pig. They couldn't get a cow. They had to do what God said. Do what God says. Flee! Flee. Don't analyze. Don't figure it out. Don't think about it. Flee! You flee. That's what it says. Then you can see how exact God gets in Exodus 12:3. He says, "Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel. I am saying, in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. The lamb. John saw the lamb. He said, "What? Behold, the lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world." A lamb for every house. It's a personal Savior. Daryl Clark is a house. Take a lamb, Daryl. I don't know. This lamb's cute. I'll take a dog. Dog. I don't care about dogs. God is specific and precise. When he built the tabernacle in the wilderness and he had brass sockets, he didn't want them on the top. He said, put the brass sockets and touch the ground. I think because if I remember, brass had a type of humanity and the ground was, you know, sinful dirt. Top socket had to be silver. You couldn't throw them out and say, I don't know, put them how you want. God knew exactly, precisely what sockets, where he wanted them, how high the tent, how wide, everything. And he tells you, do it. Verse 4 says, And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it, according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male the first year. You couldn't get the 59-year-old lamb that's blind and you want to be taking it out and putting it down, I should say, whatever. And you just know God has to be one year without blemish. Specific, precise. And if they didn't, God wouldn't honor it. What was the big deal between the uh, two brothers? um, I hear whispering. No, 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 no. The first two brothers. 
Thank you, thank you. Whew. Locked up there for a minute. Both had to bring an offering. God went like this to one. They both brought an offering. They both brought an offering. We need an offering to stay Cain. We need an offering to stay Abel. Okay, off they went. Maybe Cain brought back the first tomato he got, the first cucumber, the first, 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 whatever it is. Abel went out and got the lamb. They came back and offered it, and God says to that one and accepted this one. And then God said to uh, Cain, what are you getting mad at me for? Because he knew what God expected. And he did it, act, he did it gospel according to Lenny. That's what he wanted to do. And you expect God to bless it, and then you get mad at God, and then you leave. We're insane. Our victories come from being in Him, in God. Okay? No one can handle life without God. This is an awesome verse. Psalms 44, 5 says, listen to this as you look and turn. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through God will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. That's it. It's, it's through God will we push down our enemies. And it's through his name will we tread them down. That's what God says. Our victory is being in God. It goes on and says, For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. Seriously. We cannot trust in our bow, in our sword, our ability, our talents, our army, our giftings. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. Uh, remember the song? I will worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you. You understand? These aren't catchy phrases and little catchy moments. They have to be life for you. Life. Listen, what else the Bible says? We read this, but just listen. We're going to tie it here together. Speak unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Isaiah 53, 7 then gives us light on that verse and says, He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. 1 Peter 1.18 says, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Just like the Old Testament saints were protected by the blood, we too can be protected by His blood when we apply it to our hearts. But you must apply it to your hearts. You must walk in the counsel of God. God said, this is where you get your wisdom and understanding. When you walk in the counsel of God, and God says, walk. Slow down. Speed up. Right. Left. Walk. Slow down. Stop. That comes from God. Without this, you're... And you you think you're, you're living and having life and... 
what? Life's hard and difficult. And That's what happens to you as soon as you put this down. One John five eighteen again says, "We know that whosoever is born of God doesn't practice sin, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one can't cling, attach, possess you. Can't it? Can't we keep Christ? And we have victory in our lives, no matter how deep the flood, no matter how hot the fire." It's not that you're not going to go through them, but you will have victory. And it only comes from God as you keep yourself. Romans 12:10 says, And I heard a voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. You cannot overcome Him by church. You overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb. You could have taken the word of God and just read it that night of the, de- of the firstborn is going to die. You could have sang song, uh, I'm going to worship you forever. Did you put the blood? Did you apply the like God told you? Or are you going to do the gospel according to Lenny? Or according to you? Or according to me? Blood's yucky, too. I don't like how it smells. It's just horrible. I don't want that steam coming off. We'll just do it this way. If you hear the sound of the wind, it's a tornado bearing down on you. That word overcome means to conquer. You will conquer. You will. You'll conquer those feelings you shouldn't have. You'll conquer that sin that keeps trying to trip you up. You'll conquer everything, the habitual sin, whatever it is. You will conquer it. Because God says, in that is your wisdom and understanding. Outside of that, you're prey for whoever and whatever. John 16:33 says, These things I have spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome, I have conquered the world that lieth in wickedness. God says, I've conquered that for you. We have promises of victory over evil forces. You do believe in demonic forces, right? Okay. You can have victory over them. They might spook you in the middle of the night, but when you you gather yourself and get your senses, you have victory over them. Okay. It says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Over all, over all, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, 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 nothing shall by any means hurt you. Walk in that. Walk in that. He always comes. He slides under the door. You don't know he's there. All of a sudden you're asleep. All of a sudden you're, you think you're awake. You're, you're not awoke. Am I awake? Am I not awake? You feel scared. You feel nervous. You feel frozen. You can't talk. You can't do nothing. You can't make work. You can't bump your spouse who's beside you. All of a sudden it dawns on you. There's an evil presence in your room and all you can do is go, Jesus. It's gone. It's, I always... Compare it to the, 
Yellow Brick Road. What's that thing called, that show? The Wizard of Oz and the, and the Tin Can Man with the oil. Oil, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus! He's gone. That's not because you're the baddest saint sleeping. That's because what God has done. That's what's in that word. God says, I have given you power to tread on all that nonsense that comes. Over severe trials, you do not have to cave. You cave because you want to. Severe trials, Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I mean, I can almost see Paul saying that with an ad. Who shall? Who? Shall tribulations... He goes on and says, or distress, or persecution, or famines, or nakedness, pearl, or sword, pearl, or sword. He goes, no, none of these things. Absolutely nothing. For we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. He says, keep yourself. You cannot stand before God and say, I couldn't help myself. One word, counsel. Yeah. Liar. Because Paul said, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Things will come. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other dumb creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God gives you power over the enemy, over evil forces. He gives you power over severe trials. Does not mean He's going to come as a Santa Claus and remove you from them. No, you will walk through them. You will go through them because when you get out on the other side, you go, I don't have a clue how I got through that. Praise God. It's exactly, it's exactly what will happen. Also gives you power over the world that lies in total wickedness. For whatsoever, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Faith in God, not in your ability. Who? Is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what God, this is what this is. This is how you keep yourself. Even when everything screams, ah, 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 you're going down. You hang on by faith to the Word of God. You must tend this garden called eternal life. You must tend it and keep it. Because that's what God told Adam. Genesis 2.15 says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Adam had to work before the fall. Adam had a job to do before the fall. Dress it and keep it. That's what he was told. God didn't make him a big romper room to go play and do whatever he wants. He put him in his garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. God put Adam into the most spectacular paradise, the most beautiful place ever the world has ever seen. And he told Adam, now go to work. you got work to do, to tend and to keep it. You have work to do. There's a house by us. In our vicinity, going up for sale and had an open house the other day, and the house has been neglected for years. And it just looks like it's going to fall over. Seriously, it's not an exaggeration. I mean, absolutely fall over. And 
the gentleman died and the state's trying to, to sell it. How did it get that way? No one ever did anything to it. No one ever touched it, painted it, stained it, fixed it, stopped leaks, touched the roof up, whatever it is, shore up the deck. They did nothing. Now it's going to fall over, and it's worth nothing. That's what happens to us. Some of you have a leak. At first, big deal. Then it's going to get inside and start to rotten things. And you, you must shore up this in God, or you will be the next person we read about. Philippians, Tim, you can uh, band or wherever you can make your way. Philippians says this, Wherefore, my beloved, now listen to this, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Much more in my absence. Soon we will close down the morning service after our altar call and our times of getting hold of God. And then you will be, in your, you'll be away from all of us. And he says, much more in my absence. Because that's when the enemy is going to come. Right now we kind of build strength. Numbers. More of us together. But when you're alone again, and you're back in that house again, or back on that truck route again, or back wherever you are again, 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 that's when you'll hear his footprint. Hath God said, this is much more in my absence, and he goes, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You are to work at it, okay? Now, always say this so you don't go out here confused. That verse, this Paul is not saying that you have to work your salvation so that you earn it. You know that. There's not a thing you can do to earn it. It was a gift free from God. So it goes all contrary to everything else. So don't think I'm saying you're not saved unless you work at it. No, what that is saying means give real effort. Serving God and the living right, real effort. And you know, it's always contrary to the current, right? Rushing this way, and this is what it is. It's always contrary, no matter what it is you're doing for God. It's always contrary. And all you got to do is this you, you take 10 years to take 10 feet in God, whatever it is, it's awesome. And you go, man, I don't know about this. You go, man, oh, God, save me. Then here you go again. That's the way it is. It's contrary to the world and the flow of the world. You need to pray for the Lutheran church. Somewhere along the way, they got tired of this, and they let go. Now they're passing things. You do it as an individual. We're doing it as a nation. We're doing it as a church. The gospel by Lenny, gospel by Troy, gospel by Shauna, gospel by Joe. However we want to, we want to sin. So we sin 
So, so I can't sin. I've got to justify it to John and Kim when they look at me. Like, what are you? I justify it somehow. Wrap scriptures around it. Put the perfume on it. Whatever it is. And then on down the road, I'll boast about it. So like any service, all I can do is give what I believe God has put upon my heart and just trust the Spirit of God has been going around. Those of you that I just pointed out, the Gospel of Sean and Gospel, I'm just throwing names as I see faces. So at this point of the service, it's time to say, okay, God, point things out in my life. Point them out before that tornado finds me. I mean, it, it will find you. The schedule you couldn't see that was trying to highlight, and then it got fuzzy, was showing you on their schedule, made by man, 2 o'clock, they were going to make that vote. All of a sudden, a hurricane or tornado that is not predicted goes down I-95 right into downtown finds the church at the time they're voting, and God takes his cross off the top and throws their chairs and tents everywhere. Wait. And they still passed it. That's what you and I are like. And he still passed it. Now it's law. It doesn't matter if it's one vote or not. It's law. That's what's in you and I. God can send tornado and your life be all over the place and you'll still do it let's stand please can you imagine being there that day maybe you had the power of the vote in the distance you hear Oh, is it supposed to rain today? I don't think so. You know how storms build. I mean, what if someone sitting beside that person said, Do you think that's God? You think God's mad at us? No. Just the storm, you know, them summer storms that come. Man, that's awful close. And how many times really and truly does tornadoes hit downtown areas? Not a whole lot. Then Word goes out. It's coming down I-95. It's heading right to town. Do you think that's God? No. What's your vote? Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. The uh, alarms are blaring. The sirens. Tornado sirens. Yes. Yes. No. No. Tents, the chairs, everything, the steeple. It's 65 65. What's your vote? Yes. Thinking, what? That's what's in us. Please do not trust yourself this morning. Don't trust yourself. Have enough Holy Ghost guts to lay yourself on the altar of God and say, God, I do not trust myself. Please, please. Help me to keep myself. Give me that wisdom and understanding that I need. Our elders are open.
please take this serious. Come down as Tim and Ben leads us into some sweet worship music so that we can even create a better atmosphere to hear from God.